Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi, covering Mississippi State like nobody else, with Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie. If uh, Brupolo was in Valewood. Hmm. That would be weird. Nobody would expect that. That would, that would catch people off guard. That's, that's not something that you associate with coffee. No. What I can tell, Valewood might be... Let's see if I can, if I can zoom in here. Might... Is it, is it Valewood or Bellwood? Valewood. Never, never heard of it. It's in like, Issaquina County. I don't okay. know if it's real. Point. Sharky around Sharky, Mississippi. Well, Sharky and, and Issaquina are near each other. Yeah, they're two counties. That, is it like V A I L? V A L E Wood. I got to look this up. There you go. Well, while Robbie's there's doing a that, veil, there's a Bellwood plantation. That's not surprising considering the location of uh, where Valewood is. You talk about in the Delta. Goodness. Wherever you are in our great state, from the Delta to the Pine Belt to the Gulf Coast or wherever, you can always enjoy Strange Brew Coffee every morning. Just go and get it ordered and have it shipped to your door. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the front counter, they got you covered at StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. They've got everything you need. They've got all the clothes, obviously, but they've got much more than that for your car, for your house, for your tailgate. Great gift ideas. Whatever it is you're looking for, maroon and white, or for that matter, red and blue, black and gold, purple and gold. They got it all right there at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you, or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, when you're thinking about lunch in the great city of Starkville, Restaurant Tyler should always be your first choice. They have the best blue plate in town. Nothing more Southern than a blue plate lunch, and when you want the best in town, you have to go to Restaurant Tyler. We had somebody, by the way, let me see if I can find this. Um, Robbie, somebody tweeted at us, and they did the math, and uh, we, we may have a number here on the, uh, oh, goodness, can't find it now. See if I can find it. Okay, here it is. Yeah, Luke Whedon tweeted at us, and he did a con- he did the uh, the math, and it looks like there are one thousand one hundred eighty eight combinations for blue plate lunches at Restaurant Tyler. That's a lot. They are all delicious as well. And here's what here's the one thing though I don't know that he took into account. 
and, and maybe maybe Luke, you might need to redo the math on this. You can just get veggies. You can get four veggies. You can get four sides. You don't have to get a meat. So that's that's another whole. Area. I don't know why you would do that, but there's some people that would like there to do that. Vegetarians out there, they exist. Unfortunately, I bet, you, I bet you it's tough to find a veggie because, like, like the butter beans and the black eyed peas. I mean, you know those those are made with meat, right? They're 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 in the broth. So I don't know. <clears throat> well, if you want a great lunch in Starkville, it's just a, it's just a, a quick drive away. Head over to the corner of Washington and Maine and enjoy lunch at Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations to serve you throughout Central Mississippi. We talk about it all the time. We talk about shopping local. We talk about buying local, eating local, banking local is just as important. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you and start building a relationship with Priority One Bank. That way, when you need a loan for your home, your small business, it's it's not talking to somebody you haven't met. It's talking to somebody you know, you've done business with, and they have that great relationship with you, and you get treated like you want to be treated when you have to make those kind of decisions. PriorityOneBank.com is the website. And of course, you can always check out their app. Priority One Bank app does a lot more than just move money around. I promise you that. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Some injury news to lead us off today. And you know, goodness, the, the fact that the man had not pitched in this year led you to believe that something like this was going on. But now it's official that PicoCon out for the season with Tommy John surgery. It been, you know, Last year, obviously, had a, a few Tommy John injuries. This is the first that I'm aware of for this season for Mississippi State. That's a piece of the bullpen State would have liked to have had a left-handed arm that they could have relied on, but now it'll be you know a good year plus before you see him back in action. Just another brutal blow for the Bulldogs. It is, and I hate it for Pico because it's quite likely he's going to miss two straight years of pitching. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the problem with this uh, injury. You know, the injury itself is not anything that scares anybody away. It's not something that cannot be overcome. Matter of fact, a lot of guys come back better from this injury than they were before. A lot of them are throwing harder. Um, they feel better. But it's such a long process. I mean, Stone Simmons is well over a year past the surgery, mm-hmm. and we don't know if he's going to pitch at all this year. I wouldn't expect Bruce Auger especially to pitch at all because he's, he was about a month or two further along than Stone um, when he was injured. So you're talking about a guy that's he's already missed the first two months of the season. I don't know the specific, specifics of this injury, so I don't really know why he's having it now because he's been out this whole time. So something was going on uh, for him for the last month that hasn't had him pitching. And I would assume it was maybe like a strain or something beforehand, and then it just tore. Because I don't know why you, I don't know why it would be into April whenever you're having the surgery. So I imagine initially it was one of those things where they thought maybe it could heal mm-hmm. on its own, and then eventually he got in there, started throwing or something, and it tore. Uh, that that's my guess. Uh, unfortunately, when we when you don't have any injury updates, this is kind of what you get. You're kind of left out in the cold, and then all of a sudden they pop up a graphic that says they're having a surgery, so it's kind of hard. But you haven't had him, so it's not like your your pitching staff is is all of a sudden devastated, you know, from missing out on him. But it's just another piece that 
you felt like eventually could get in there and, and help you out, and especially from the left side because right now you've got basically one guy that you feel good about from the left side unless you're pitching Drangelo from the left. Mm-hmm. So there's just not a whole lot of options in the t- in the form of left-handers for Mississippi State right now, and this was a good one last year. I thought he had a really good freshman year. I mean, he had his moments where he got tagged but didn't walk a lot of guys. He was um, – crafty at times but he could also throw pretty well but i i just i don't know what's going on man this pitching this whole pitching situation is just kind of a disaster for mississippi state right now and i think this is this is more kind of coincidental and just bad timing for mississippi state Mm -hmm. and scott foxhall because the tommy john thing is kind of it is what it is like i'm i'm kind of moving past the point where i'm blaming college coaches for this mm-hmm. i think i think there's a a deeper issue that we have in travel ball and we can go down that road eventually at some point but i think there's i think there's issues before these guys get to college that kind of wear on an arm that eventually it gets kind of brought to light when you get to this stage and a lot of the times we're blaming, blaming college coaches for it when that's kind of misplaced. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just tough news for Pico. It's tough news for Mississippi State and a pitching staff that continues to kind of take its hits. This this bullpen, man, they just don't have the options. You know, They just don't have a lot of reliable guys. And even some of the guys that are reliable aren't totally reliable. Now you did get Cade Smith back, and we didn't talk about that yesterday. But you know he returned on on Friday night and looked really sharp in doing so. You got to, I, I got to think that he's going to head back into the starting rotation. And then you, this is what you can you can give yourself is you have Drangelo who you feel you feel good about. You have Cade Smith who you know is a veteran and has been there and done that. And then you've got Gartman, Dome, <sighs> Lofton. You hope. You know, he should be back this week, according to what Chris Lamonis was saying. That's your next three guys. And then you have the 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 next couple guys are they can be okay at times. And I, you know what? I'll put Evan Sierra in that first tier of, of the guys. I feel like you can rely on Evan Sierra. But Casey yeah. Hunt, Aaron Nixon, uh, Colby Holcomb are guys. Although Holcomb pitched really well, I thought, Friday night, although he had six walks, is, is that's the issue. So you've got like seven, eight guys total that you can really work with. And which, you know, if you if you get good starter starting performances, and I don't know if I mentioned Gartman or not. Gartman's the guy I think I thought he was really good uh Friday and played well. And he is definitely a guy that you can put you can you can let him start and give him a couple trips through the order, or you can maybe bring him in as a long reliever and again a couple trips through the order, he's gonna be fine. It's just about finding the right combination, and then there's just at the end the other problem that state has is that there's just too much dead weight in there. There's just guys that you can't throw out there under any circumstance, and they're just yeah. guys they cannot get outs for whatever reason. Well, you're you're going to get to the point where, and I, I don't even know if you're at if you can even do this at this point. You know, in 2017, I remember after the SEC tournament, we asked Andy Canizero, like, who can you, how many guys can you count on? on this pitching staff, and he had, like, six guys. Yeah. He's like, I only have, like, six guys I can count on. Yeah. And that was because they were just decimated with injury. But you're kind of there with this pitching staff. You're, you're kind of at the point where you're going to have to throw guys a lot to to be able to have any kind of success in the league. Like, there's just not a, 
a whole lot of guys that you can you can steal innings from. And uh, I thought they stole some innings on Thursday and Friday, but it didn't matter. When you got to Sunday, you had plenty of guys available and none of them can get anybody out. So it's it's kind of a it's a major issue for state right now. I think probably you're getting enough from Gerangelo and Gartman that I feel good that they're probably rotation guys and you probably just need to keep them in there. Mm-hmm. That they compete. Both of those guys will compete. Neither one of those guys on Yeah, and I'll probably I probably go to Kate. I probably moved on back to bullpen. There's and it's not anything that he's done wrong. Right. Because I thought Saturday he was fantastic after those first two innings. I, yeah. I, I didn't think that uh, he did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't think he did anything wrong in the game. I mean, they hit three balls out. Two of them were aided by wind. Yeah. He, he walked two guys, I think. Mm. He wasn't really putting guys on base. He wasn't making a ton of huge mistakes. And he really dominated them from the, the second inning to the fifth. So it's nothing that he's done wrong. I just I don't think you have anybody in the bullpen that you can count on. I think it's probably better for him to be available there. And you know, if somebody struggles in the front end of a game, you can bring him in in the fourth inning, and he can possibly get you to the ninth. So it's it's probably for me, it's probably best that he's in the bullpen. And if Cade's ready, then if Cade can pitch on Sundays, that's a pretty darn good Sunday starter. And he was up to 96 last week. So, I mean, the fastball doesn't have a ton of movement on it, but at least he can run it up to 96. At least there's, you know, it's thrown hard enough that you can get it past a couple of guys. So, I like, you know, I like that rotation. I think it's solid. Um, it's probably as good as it's going to get for Mississippi State this year because it's just, yeah, it's just a bad situation. So now you're asking, can your starters get you five to six innings? Mm-hmm. Every game on the weekend, and then you just be find a way. Too much, right? You're not asking it's to pick not. up in eight innings. Five five innings isn't that much to ask. And then, like you said, if you, then you look into the bullpen and you have Lofton, you have Holcomb, you have Nixon, you have Dome, that's Evan Sierra, Jeff Sierra. That's five guys that you know. We're talking about a nine inning games. So you know, if we each starter gets you five innings, right? That's fifteen. So you need nine innings between five guys. That feels like something you can do. Yeah. You know, and then I mean, it, you can it, match I mean, up a lefty with Eintema maybe once or once in a while. Brock oof. Tapper has been, I, mean, I, I know, Brock Tapper has been okay. He's a guy that you can yeah, he, feel like you well, can compete. See, this is the way we keep coming back to. That's exactly right. Tapper is not scared. He will come in there and, and fight. He was put in a tough situation the other day when he came in there facing a 2 0 count. I hate changing pitchers in the middle of counts, but that's what it was. Um, it, and he, he got to 3-0, and then he worked back and challenged the guy. I thought he did fine. He yeah. he probably should have got more work in there than some of the other guys. Um, so, I mean, the freshmen just are not scared. I mean, that's one thing about this freshman class. Evan Sieri might get knocked around a little bit. I'll take that. If a guy's coming in there and throwing strikes and they're just hitting it, I mean, I would rather have that than you're sitting there and you're, you're hitting a guy on the hip, you're uh, walking a guy on four pitches. I mean, that st- the problem with state pitching is that they'll strike a guy out and then come back and walk the next guy on four pitches, and that stuff is, is stuff that just infuriates you. Like you show the, that's the thing with the staff; every single pitcher has shown something 
we've seen something from everybody on the staff that's been impressive. The problem is the, the consistency is not there. I mean, we've seen Par- Parker Sunet is going out there and ran through a top 10 lineup in Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Graham Intima has come in there and, and thrown some good innings. Even some of the guys that have struggled the most from Mississippi State, has they've had impressive moments. But nobody has been able to just string together outside of Nate Dome. The, nobody's been able to just string together several consecutive outings of dominant stuff. And that's kind of the issue for State. I mean, what we're saying, it all makes sense in theory. Okay, the starters come out, give you six innings, and then you piece together the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth in three games. Mm-hmm. Offense, if the offense can get going, you go and get up Literally like, what every baseball team does, unless yeah. they have a dominant number one guy. It all makes sense, and then you have like four or five guys that you count on. If, if everything's going right, you can win a lot of SEC series like that. Mm-hmm. The problem is State goes away from that script, mm-hmm. and the starter gets you three three innings, and then you have to get in the bullpen. The bullpen can't stop anybody. Yeah. It's just uh, it's be, a never-ending cycle. A lot of that is defensive because State gives away so many runs mm-hmm. in, on, on, in the field. But the other thing is, like this is the first weekend where you're going to have all these options that we're talking about. Kate Smith's been out until last weekend. Bradley Lofton was out last. I mean, is that game different on on Saturday if Bradley Lofton could have relieved uh, Nate Dome? If if he's able to throw strikes, yeah. If he's able, yeah. I mean, but the, I mean, the thing about Bradley is we have just, yet we've yet to see him just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Like he has walked a ton of guys. He's walked more guys than anybody. But there hasn't been a moment like we saw the other day with with stage pitchers where he walks the bases loaded or hits a couple of guys, and then the other team really makes him pay. That doesn't happen very often to him. So I would have definitely loved to have seen him come in that ball game. It's a shame that he didn't. But um, he's going to play his part. I, I think that he's going to be a big part of things for Mississippi State. If they're able to to win some games down the stretch, they're going to need guys like Bradley Lofton and Kate Smith who have not been uh, pitching on the weekends for the last few weeks. And, of course, Lofton's a different case than than Smith because he hasn't been out as long from an injury standpoint, but they got to figure it out. We'll see what happens. Obviously, a big week, you know, with Alabama this week. I, I didn't, I didn't see Robbie who who ended up winning Game Three between Alabama and Arkansas. Did you check? Oh, uh, I, th- I believe it was Arkansas. Let's see here. Great, great podcasting when we have to go back and look at a uh, and look at stuff. Uh, Sunday the second, yeah, yeah, they won. won. Yeah, won five to four. So Alabama lost two out of three, which means they have lost two out of three in every series this so far. They're three and six on the year. And That's, a better, better team. They're a better team than they have better. been. They're better, but they're not getting wins, and so mm-hmm. they're they're beating bad teams is yeah. what they're doing, which which is something that they didn't do as much in the past. So I mean, you got to give them credit, but. It's a process. I don't know how long they're going to get Bohannon, but we'll see. But that being said, this is a series where, again, when you go on the road, it's just don't get swept. Just mm-hmm. don't get swept. If they if they get to win this weekend, if they come out of this, you know, they would be what two and ten. That's not great. Nobody wants that. You play Ole Miss the next week. That, that's a winnable series the way the Rebels are playing right now. So it's it, it really is just about little victories and little you know steps and and doing and getting little positive things to happen for you every every week and we'll see if state can do that uh 
this week. Yeah, because at this point, take out of your mind that Mr. State's going to make postseason. If it happens, yes, then it's just a miraculous run. But don't don't be like counting, you know, RPI and counting wins at this point. RPI is actually decent. It's forty six. They played some some solid teams. Yeah, and Um, Southern is at forty two. States at forty six, and Ole Miss is at fifty. Yeah. Well, the RPI is always going to be solid when you play in the SEC just mm-hmm. because of your schedule. Yeah. Eventually, you start, Unless, start winning games, though. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you just, we have to take away like this team's going to get turned around. They can, yeah. you know, if they win two here, they, yeah. that that's out the window at this point unless something changes. Right. At this point, you're just trying to see some improvement. You know, what what is next year going to look like? Things like that. Because, until they really start to make a run, this team's not making postseason. Yeah, they they're going to have to. They're going to have to eat up some some season some series wins before that happens. As bad as this team was a year ago, they were four and five in the conference at this point. Yeah, and so I mean, that's all you need to know. They, they weren't like they were. They had their struggles last year at this point, but they weren't what they were at the end of the year. Right? Because we, I mean, we were talking about like you know, if they if they win a couple of games here and there, you know, they can get back in the hosting discussion. Right, we, we well, weren't even they, worried about them not making. The they tournament. beat when they beat uh, Missouri on that Friday night. We were like, all right, if they win this series, they're they're kind of back in it, and uh, and then that they didn't win again. So they like destroyed Missouri in that first game too. They like did, it. and then the next day they got destroyed. So just the same thing. Um, before we go to the break, let's talk a little bit men's basketball. Mississippi State uh, announced, or there's an announcement yesterday that Tolu Smith is going to uh, enter the NBA draft, but you know, do the thing where he just sort of retains his eligibility. This has not been a good uh, thing for Mississippi State the past four seasons or three seasons. They they have mm-hmm. lost the guy who's done this. Robert Woodard uh, did it three years ago. I still to this day think he made a mistake. I mean, I know he got drafted, but he's he hasn't really done anything at the NBA level. I think a full year as an alpha dog would have would have raised his status, but regardless. DJ Stewart, same way. DJ I Stewart mean, yeah. has played, you know, only in the G League and things like that. And I don't even really know where Iverson Molinar is at this point. I assume he's playing basketball somewhere, but I don't know where. And, and DJ could have had a don't bother huge to... DJ could have had a huge yeah. junior year or whatever it was. Yeah. Junior senior year. Like yeah. he could have definitely, I thought up to his stock. He would have been the difference back. on that team, too. I mean, if you have DJ and Iverson on that team with Tolu, that's probably a tournament team. Probably, I mean, you talk about a, a, a butterfly effect. If Stewart comes back, you know, I don't know that uh, that that Mississippi State, you know, I don't know that Chris Jans is the head coach here because I think yeah. Allen might have found a way into the tournament with those three guys. But for all of that, Tolu Smith will do that. The thing that, that we've talked about many times with Tolu is this. You know, 15 years ago, he would have been a first-round pick, been a, a high lottery pick. You know, a guy who who can play with his back to the basket, has all the post moves and all that. But this is a player who has never attempted a three-point shot, and in today's NBA, th- that's just not going to work. And there's just not a lot of players like that. You know, you, maybe you can be a role player who bangs down low for a little bit, but I, I would say by and large. Tolu's NBA prospects are kind of limited. So it just really kind of comes down to, does he want to continue to play college basketball or does he want to start making a living playing the G League or playing, you know, internationally, which you can make a great living doing. You know, don't, 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 don't take that the wrong way. So it's, it's just going to come down to that for me. You know, my, my initial inclination is, you know, for him, he'll probably go. I mean, he's, he's what, 23, 24 years old. At some point you just get tired of being in college. You know, you don't want to have to go to class. You just want to, 
focus on basketball, and I, and I get that. But he is, you know, with Molinar and Stewart and Woodard, because of the way their game is structured, I thought, well, they might have a chance to catch on and, and play as a free agent. With Tolu, I just, like I said, I just don't think in today's NBA he provides a, a big boost to anybody. Yeah, he could very well say, you know, I'll just go overseas. Because, I mean, he, that might be where he ends up anyway. Which is interesting and, because overseas they shoot more threes than they do here. They do, but, I mean, they also you – know, you can you can play with your back to the basket and yeah. things like that. Uh, you know, a guy like him over there, you know, he might be dominant in the yeah. post. I don't know. There, there's kind of a – there's kind of a, a, a spot for a lot of guys – that that would you would consider you know not a fit for the M- NBA. Yeah, there's a lot of different guys that would fit. But anyway, I I think what's going to boil down to is that, and then you know, nil money. I mean, he's going to have to. You're going to have to be competitive with what he would make, which they were this year. I thought. Yeah, I think as far as like you know what he would make overseas, I think State could very easily find him a package that would make that worth his while. Yeah. And he he might not he might be done. I mean, you know, he might not want to play college. That's that's one thing that we I feel like gets lost a lot of times. A lot of times we we paint it as black and white. Like, do, is he going to make the NBA? No, he's not going to make the NBA, so he should come back. Well, that's not always the the big deal with guys. He might be ready to be done. He's he's about to be twenty three years old. He he might be ready to be done with school. Because these guys still have to go to school. They still they have to get their masters, or they have to be enrolled in something. Right. You can't just you can't just be a you know a contracted basketball player. You you got to be in school. That's part of the deal. Correct. So it it might just be a deal where he's ready to go. I I don't know. But one thing is for certain, state has got to move quickly on this. If you don't get Tolu back, you've still got to have an impact center. You you can't. I, I don't think that Mississippi State is going to be a competitive team at the top half of the SEC next year without someone like Tolu, and it doesn't have to be a guy that's straight up back to the basket or you know inside fifteen feet. It doesn't have to be that kind of guy, but a guy that can go toe to toe down there in the post with some of the best centers in the game. Yeah, that you you got to have somebody down there that's capable of doing that. I don't think that a you know. I think a stretch four is kind of what you need now from a power forward standpoint, but I don't think teams that have just straight up, you know, athletic bigs that are out there shooting threes and can't get in the post and have a good post move and rebound and all that stuff. I don't think that that's going to work either. So state's going to have to have somebody that can really dominate inside next year, whether it be Tully or not, but it's going to be tough to sell somebody on that until they know for sure Tully won't be back. It's we'll kind of a that. you know states in a tough position here. They are, they are. You know, it's it's it. It becomes one of those things where if you get somebody who's interested, you might just have to pull the plug and say, "We'll take you," and tell Tolu. You, know, you can't. You're going to have to tell Tolu like we need to know sooner rather than later. Yeah, and, you know and that's the deal. Like he's got to go through this draft combine right. probably, and yeah, it's like you need to be getting this information as quickly as you can because we have to move forward one way or the other. Because you know you feel like. With Jans, you're going to have a chance at the tournament next year, so yeah, you know you can't you can't let it slide for too long. All right, what's really move. interesting about this team next year, real quick, not a lot of guys want to leave. Yeah, 
that Kamani Hamilton entered the portal, and that was kind of expected. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, we're hearing DJ Jeffries is probably going to come back, Shaq mm-hmm. Moore, Cam Matthews, Rams Davis, Keyshawn Murphy. That was a guy that we thought might transfer. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to come back. Yeah. Um, Sean Jones has come back. I mean, the main contributors from this team are back. Yeah. So there's no, people thinking that this roster is going to see an overhaul from the transfer portal. That's not going to be the case. I, I think they probably need to go get a, a point guard. They need a three-point shooter, somebody that can really knock down some shots. And if, you know, Tolu leaves, that's a big hole left. But for the most part, the nucleus of this roster is coming back. I mean, this team just needs a couple of pieces to really feel good about where they are moving the next season. And I think Tolu is a big part of that. I, I'm hopeful that he's going to come back. But if he's not, you've got to get somebody of equal talent or, you know, maybe even better. We'll see what happens. All right, let's move on in the rest of the show that's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. You're cooking out anytime soon this weekend. Throw some beef on the grill because everybody loves it. If you show up to somebody's house for a cookout, like, oh, yeah, we got steaks on the grill. I mean, have you ever been unhappy? You ever, you ever been like, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know how many times I've been invited over to somebody's house to have steaks. I know I haven't been invited to your house to have steaks. Well, here's the thing. Now, you, now you've cooked everything else. I've cooked plenty of beef, but here's the thing with steak. Like, that's like a couple of people coming over, right? When I have these big cookouts, I can't, I can't cook steaks. You can't I'm, cook ten steak, ten ribeyes. Yeah, I, I mean, I could do. I, I guess I could get like three cowboy ribeyes and just yeah, everybody can have a slice. Or something like that, but yeah, no. I got. You know I, I want a tomahawk next week. Can you fix me one of those? I'd be happy to do that. When's your birthday? I'll, I'll cook you a steak for your birthday. June second. We won't. We won't be busy because there won't be a regional. There won't be anything going on. So your wow. uh, your pasta last night had some beef in it, correct? Of course, yeah, yeah. It was delicious. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. Um, that chicken was good too. Fried, fried chicken, chicken sandwich. Yeah, that was great. It was delicious. I thought, they, I thought they were, and there's enough left over. I'm going to eat another one for uh, for dinner tonight. Well, well, we say all that to say this. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's just the best around. And, of course, we're talking about beef. Go check out the new prime rib cheesesteak sandwich. Ooh. I'll, I love prime rib, too. I'm hitting that up next time for I sure. I, I didn't ask if it had the dip. So we can we get a cheesesteak with the dip? The au jus? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Make that well, Yeah, that's a given. That's, it's, probably, it's probably included. It's got to yeah, be. It's got to be. It's got to be. If it's not, I'm asking. But that's the kind of food you get at Two Brothers, man. They, they've just got the best stuff around. It's not just barbecue. It's smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great services, what every business offers you. Advantage Business Systems delivers it to you, and they have been doing so. For 48 years. So when you need service on a, I'm sorry, when you need technology for your business, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if something happens, you have a problem. You're not talking to, you know, you're not calling a 1-800 number. You're not talking to somebody across the ocean who you've never talked to before, who's going to keep you on hold for 45 minutes, even though customer service is very important to them, as they'll let you know a hundred times. You don't have to make an appointment with an out-of-state consultant. All of this is handled in the state. 
somebody you know. You've, you've talked to them before. You have that relationship. There's a huge difference between the big box and a business like Advantage Business Systems, which takes care of their customers. Call them at 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Rogue's Collegiate Collection, it's just the best around, guys. It's polos and quarter zips, the best quality products, name brands, great-looking styles, and the logos that you, the fans, want. If you're tired of looking like a giant banner rim billboard and you want something that's subtle, understated, clean, and has the M over S or state script on it, then the Rogue is the place to check out. Look online at therogue.com or shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Luva Wine Bar. Drove past Luva on the way home on uh, Saturday, and I'm glad to see people are, are finding out. You know, I've called it Starville's best-kept secret. That secret is starting to get out because there are people out on the uh, the patio. There are people inside. They look like they were enjoying themselves, and you will too. It's a great atmosphere, a great wine list, great cocktails, and great food. It's a, a place that we don't have enough of in Starville. Check them out if you haven't already. Luva Wine Bar, 509 University Drive. Time to look at another position group here, Robbie, as we go through our spring uh, previews. Uh, as far as the uh, other teams, by the way, I, I reached out. I got somebody from Arkansas coming on with me uh, tomorrow, so we'll have that interview. We'll just do, we'll set it up for later in the week since tomorrow's show is the rumblings. But for Mississippi State, we want to look today at the offensive line. Four starters returning, a, a lot of depth at that position with guys who played a season ago, guys like Percy Lewis and Albert Reese. You know, you got to find the new center, but it, it really feels early on like this could be a strength for Mississippi State this year. Well, as a whole, from the from the entire offensive line, yeah, yeah. There's there's still some like pieces to to plug in. I, I feel I feel really good about the interior. Uh, you know what you got there with Nick Jones, which I'm kind of. I don't know where they're going. I don't. I don't know. I think he's worked some tackle. He can. He can play left tackle, but I feel like you know left guard's a good spot for him. Cole Smith. I like him at guard, but he's been working at center. Mm-hmm. Stephen Lasoya. I like him no matter where he is in the interior. The tackle positions. I'm waiting to see, but I like the options that they have. I mean, you, you, I mean think about it. We're not talking about Cam Jones yet because he's been out in the entire mm-hmm. spring. Um, you know, we know that State has talent and Percy Lewis and Dollar Bill and, and those guys. We know that Nick Jones can handle left tackle. Mm-hmm. So the good news is, I mean, I don't think it's entirely answered yet up front at all five positions, but the good thing is you have options there, and we're starting to see guys like Cannon Boone and uh, Grant Jackson's getting some playing time this spring. Mm-hmm. So you have, you have guys in there that you – Feel really talented. I think I still think Albert Reese is waiting to explode. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you and I have been on this Albert Reese train since he came here, and I I'm going to continue to ride that train until he fully breaks through. But I just you look at that guy out there in uniform, and you just I was standing next to our friend Matt Caldwell the other day. You know, he's an off former offensive lineman at Mississippi State. Yeah. He knows offensive line way better than we do, and he loves that kid too. So I. I really like this group. I like what they have um, from a depth perspective. There's some guys that haven't played a ton just yet, mm-hmm. but I like the starting point. You got Will Friend, who I, I think has worked with 
several SEC offensive lines over the years, played offensive line in the SEC. He really gets after those guys. I got to see him up close and personal really for the first time the other day that I was really around him for a while. And he, I mean, he pulls no punches. He's very hard on them, but coaches them hard. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that they're in really good shape with, with, with him on the offensive line. So I like this group. I, I like them a lot. One thing that's notable about this group is this is a, a year where there's not really a there's not a JUCO guy coming in that you're you're expecting to be a, a, a big part of this, uh, you know, right off the bat. I, I would be surprised if Leon Bell comes in and and plays a you know a big role this year. I mean, last year Percy Lewis redshirted, or oh, he didn't. He did. He didn't redshirt, but you know, he didn't play very much. Um, probably should have. But... Probably should have, but yeah, that's just the way the cookie crumbled on that. But with, with Bell, I don't expect it much. The guys you have here in the spring are the guys who are going to make the, the the biggest difference and to make the most make the play the most snaps uh, this fall. And you've like you said, you've got veterans. You know, Dollar Bill has has been has played what thirty games in his career. Cole Smith is going to be around that number. Uh, Cam Jones is going to be around that number. Lasoya started what seven eight games a season ago, maybe more. Um, and Nick Jones the same way. So, I mean, you've got a, a lot of returning snaps there. Reese played a good bit last year. Lewis played some last year. And then you see what you've got with, with Cannon Boone, with Jackson, LaHue, and with Grant Jackson. I mean, Grant Jackson is a redshirt junior, so, I mean, he doesn't have the game reps, but he certainly has the practice reps. And, and he's, you know, probably provides a little bit of depth for you. So, you you know, when you we talk about offensive line, we always say, you know, you want to have, like, your five starters, and then two, maybe three swing guys that you can put in there. State has that, and and when you're talking about you know Mississippi high school recruits or Southern high school recruits for the most part, a transition to a run friendly offense is going to be a pretty easy transition for them, much easier than the transition the states had to undergo the past few years, where you're trying to teach kids who play. I mean, quite honestly, I mean, think about Dollar Bill, you know, playing at a, at Greenwood. You know, in reality, how many times did Greenwood throw the ball in Dollar Bill's senior year? Maybe, and if they and when they did, it was because they set it up with a run game, right? Well, I mean, even then, it's like just how many times did he have to step back and pass block? You know, maybe a yeah. hundred times in twelve games, eleven games, maybe, and then it goes into we're going to do it fifty, sixty snaps a game every game. That's a, that's a transition. Whereas you know. Run blocking for the average offensive lineman is like riding a bike, man. It's just leverage and strength and pushing guys out of the way. You know, mm-hmm. you got to know where to take them, but I feel like this transition at this position especially will be easier than most. I'm really interested to see how everything kind of falls into place because obviously Percy hasn't locked down the left tackle spot. Right. They've, they've moved some guys around there, so – you know, it's kind of like, you know, what do you do? Like what, like who, who lands where it looks like Cole Smith is pretty locked in at center. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't really noticed any major changes there. So I mean, I, that kind of surprised me. I I didn't think that Cole Smith was going to be moving back to center in the spring, but that's, that's obviously been the, what's happened there transpired and, he seems to be doing really well. I haven't noticed anything wrong uh, the few times I've been able to watch. So, right. Lasoya, we saw him all last year at guard, performed really well. 
I, I didn't see anything to be concerned about with him. And then Nick Jones has been really good for the past year and a half or so. So uh, the interior has played a lot of snaps mm-hmm. in the SEC. And I'm, I'm not worried about that at all. And then obviously, of course, you have the um, the concept of Dollar Bill ha- having played left tackle. He's played right tackle. He's played guard. And him in this offense should be a no-brainer. I, being being with Mississippi State now for five years or whatever it's been for him and having played multiple positions, he should be a guy that's heavily in the mix to be a starter at some position. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the same can be said for Cam Jones. The The two wild cards to me are Percy Lewis and Albert Reese. Where do they fit? What position are they going to play? How much are they going to play? But again, you'd much rather be in this position – than not having the bodies to do it. When somebody goes down, you feel like Percy Lewis or Albert Reese could probably step in at a guard or a tackle spot yeah. and fill that role. You, When you have a, a change on offense, or, even, or just anything offensively, when you have a veteran quarterback on a veteran offensive line, it feels like you're kind of halfway there, right? Every, you, you, can, you can always find skill position guys. You can always find somebody to run the ball. You can always find guys you know, who are at least competent receivers for the most part. But when you're good up front and when you're good behind center, you're, you're usually pretty good, and that's where Mississippi State's going to be this spring. We'll switch it over to defense next week and look at the defensive line. An interesting group, uh, a lot of talented guys, but a lot of, a lot of question marks. You know, some young guys there are going to have to step up uh, this fall. Tomorrow's show is the rumbling, so get your questions in now. We'll go ahead and answer those. We'll have two spring previews, Arkansas and Auburn, this week, if, if we can make sure we can get some people on with us. And uh, obviously more baseball to talk about, more maybe some more basketball, and maybe maybe some other things as well. Looking forward to it, talking with you guys. Have a great Tuesday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.